you are the center of my joy. Um, just always good to remind of everything we have comes from the Lord. Uh, the scripture said in Corinthians, what do you have that you have received? It's the shoes, the clothes, money, health. What do we have that we have received? Everything received is from the Lord. Um, thank you, Lord, for all the gifts and goodness you have given towards us. At this time, we move on to the proclamation of the word. If you have a copy of God's word, join with me this morning in Romans. We're going to be looking at verses 6. Um, 5 and 6 here today. Again, verses 5 and 6. In Romans chapter 8. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Um, we're going to have a Bible helper. Uh, to bring uh, Bibles to all those that have hands. Or Mr. Jerry, can you assist with that? If you don't have a Bible, uh, the Bible that we're handing over to you, um, that's a gift from us to you um, if you want a Bible. Romans chapter 8. Verse 5 and 6. And we're not in a rush either. If you need assistance to help turn there as well, just raise your hand and somebody can help you get there as well. Again, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It tells us in God's word. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Let us pray. Our Father, God, in heaven, Lord, we come to the time for the proclamation of your word. Lord, we ask you to bless us at this time. Give us a word, Lord, that we need. A word, Lord, that turns us hearts, turn our hearts, Lord, to you, to see your glory. Let your name be glorified at this time. So bless the preaching of the word. Give me the strength in the midst of my weakness. Give me the mental capacity, Lord, to better stay with your word and with your text, that I don't waver from it. So, Lord, let me stay truthful to your text. And if anything that's not true, Lord, remove it from my notes from my mind and my heart. But Lord, your people, Lord, are in need. So give them your, your truth. And as you give them truth, Lord, let them rest upon that truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In life, we always see things in opposition to each other. Someone might be a player on one team and somebody might be a player on another team. These two teams are not on the same team. They're two separate teams. One team want to beat the other team. Well, I think about competitive companies. Earlier we talked about what tastes better. Pepsi, Dr. Pepper or Coke? 
I think Dr. Pepper is in lead. <coughs> Some people might think Coke. We have many things in our lives that are in opposition or are different from other things. Another thing you might be able to see a compare is a zebra to a horse. There's so many things we can compare in life that can be different. Well, our test today, it does the same thing to it in Romans. It gives us something else to think about what's the difference. What's the difference between the spirit and the flesh? The spirit and the flesh. We get our knowledge with a Coke and Dr. Pepper and the Pepsi, the difference. I think Dr. Pepper is a little bit sweeter. What's some more differences? That Coke, when it's really cold, it got that kick to it on it. It's just go down your spine, right? Pepsi got another little flavor to it. Well, let's see the difference between, again, a horse and a zebra. A zebra is what color? <coughs> Black and white, normally, with certain types of designs. Well, sometimes horses come white or black with patches. But have you ever seen a horse that looks just like a zebra with the patterns of a zebra? No. Same thing on the team. One team might be the Los Angeles Lakers. Another team might be the Boston Celtics. Or one good team might be the New England Patriots. And it might be a bad team. San Francisco 49ers. Or the Green Bay Packers. Put them all together. They're the same. Or the Vikings. Put the Vikings in there too. And you got a Patriots stand alone. The point I'm trying to make, though, is that when things are different, we can be able to acknowledge the differences between the team. I mean, between those things in opposition. One thing about the Patriots is that they have more Super Bowl than any other program. More than the Vikings, more than the Niners, Packers, and keep naming them. That just shows that we're able to describe the difference because what we know about these things. The same thing in the scriptures, it is a difference between the flesh and the spirit, but we need to know the difference between the flesh and the spirit. That being said, the title of this message is, There is no assurance of life in the flesh. We're going to do it in two points. Your mind is either on the flesh or is on the spirit. Either on the flesh or on the spirit. Number two, the difference between the flesh and the spirit, verses 6 to 8, or verses 6 today. So jump point number one. Your mind is either on the flesh or the spirit, in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Paul, this morning, you all, has given us comfort for the believer. Who wrote the book of Romans? 
Paul. He wrote it to who? To the church where? In Rome. He wrote this letter to the church in Rome. To give them encouragement for their struggles. To remind them of their assurance in Jesus in the midst of their struggles. So Paul wants them to be comforted. In the midst of your struggles, you still have assurance in Jesus. Your struggles doesn't determine if Jesus is there or not there. For the believer, Jesus is there. He always going to be there for the life of the believer. So how is he going to do it today to encourage us today? He's going to use those that are living in flesh to prove his point that there is no condemnation for those in Christ. For those in the flesh point to the encouragement of the Christians that are in Christ. He's going to use those that are seeking after the flesh to point to the believer to let the believers know there is assurance in Jesus. The ones who set their minds on the things of the flesh will be condemned. Worry about the believer. There is no condemnation for those that are believers. But there is condemnation for those on the flesh. Again, the ones who set their minds on the things of the flesh will be condemned. Setting their minds on the flesh isn't a one-time thing, but their minds is set there by nature to the follow the things of the flesh. When their minds are set on the flesh, it is actual condition. It's a state. A state of being. How do we know that's a zebra? How do we know that's a zebra? Because a zebra has what? Certain patterns. It's white and it's black. That's how we know it's a zebra. How do we know those that are mind set on the things of the flesh? It tells us in 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, and it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. Prideful people set their minds on the things of the flesh. When people make everything about themselves, they turn a story around, a conversation around, if everything about themselves, they're setting their minds on the things of the flesh. Just like we know it's a zebra. The patterns that it has, it's white and it's black. For those that set their minds on the things of the flesh, the pattern that they have is that they're prideful people. And not only that, Galatians 5, 19. Now the words of the flesh are evident. Just sexual immorality, which is set before marriage. Impurity, immorality, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, robberies, dissension, vision, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, I warn you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Family, don't get mad at me this morning. I'm telling you what the Bible says here. The Bible says for those who do those certain things, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Those that do these certain things would not make it to heaven. Don't say Crescent is 
picking on people this morning. I'm not picking on anybody. Don't be mad at me. I didn't write this. I didn't write this. God has wrote this in his word. So for those who didn't flesh, accessory more, impure, sensualities, idolatrous, they're worshiping things outside of God. Strife. They always want to pick a fight. They fight about everything. Anything they fighting about. Enmity. They always edit with people. They're jealous. I mean, this is what it says in Galatians 5, 19. They're jealous of others. They always have fits of anger. They always mad all the time. Robberies. Again, Paul is pointing this out because people in the first century and the Roman church was doing this. Or the Galatian church was doing this. We know this happened in the first Corinthian church. So what's the Christ Redeemer? Let us not say, ha, those people messed up in the first century. Family, this is us too. And Paul said, these are the things of the flesh. So the person that has their mind set on jealousy, anger. The people that had their mind set on the things of this world, they would not inherit the kingdom of God. And they will be condemned. It's not a coincidence why you're here this morning. There's nothing else more important in this life than what you're hearing right now. No money, no food, no Instagram, TikTok, nothing what you're doing or seeing right now, even in this world, is more important than what you're hearing right now. Close your ears to this and not listen to this message. On the day of judgment, God is going to be before you. He's going to show you that this message was presented before you and your pride and your heart was so hard that you not respond to this. Again, I'm not picking. This is what the text. Everybody can know that I've been going through Romans 8. So I would say that for those that are living in the flesh, you are not here at the kingdom of God. And you do not have insurance in Christ. Your assurance is eternal judgment for those in the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. But those that are following Jesus are living according to the Spirit. And their minds are at on the things of the Spirit. Their interest is God's supremacy. Their interest is God's glory. And not their own glory. It is for God to be glorified, for, for them to know Jesus, and for Jesus to be known. And through their life, how they go to work, how they speak to people, how they act around people, everything is for God's glory. That's how you know they have insurance in Christ because they make everything about Jesus. Because their mind are set on the things of the Spirit. What does that look like? Have your mind set on the things of the Spirit. We know this from Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passion and desires. For those that are in Christ, right? They crucified the flesh. And now they bear the fruits of the Spirit. They are gentle and loving and joyful people. How do you know they have assurance in Christ? Are they joyful? Are they loving? Are they kind? And are they producing self-control? Anybody can walk around and say they believe in Jesus. It's a lot of people in hell saying they believe in Jesus because they truly didn't believe. They said it with a heart not changed. But a person, a heart that truly changed in Jesus, their heart is walking in repentance. Are you boastful about your sins? You're not converted. If you're weeping about your sins and you're fighting your sins, that's the person that has met with a God that is perfect and righteous and they have the spirit of God in them and they are a people that are producing the fruits of the spirit. For those that are in Christ will bear the fruits of the spirit. There is no condemnation for those that are bearing the fruits of the spirit. It is guaranteed for those that are, they set their minds on the spirit they will have heaven, not condemnation. For believers in this room, it's encouraging for you to know this. You get heaven. You get the fruits of the Spirit. You get joy. You get peace. These are the things we get, and nobody can take that away from us. That's why in the midst of going through the hardest time of your life, that joy is what keeps you going. Knowing what Christ has promised, what Christ has given, and what Christ is doing. That Christ is going to be able to create a new man, going to give us new bodies. That Christ is going to prepare a place for us. So family, for the Christian, the believer, our joy is in Christ. Our confidence is not in the flesh. Our confidence is grounded in the spirit of God. In the works of Christ. Confidence in his flesh is not grounded in assurance, but it's grounded in doubt. It promises you freedom, but gives you hopelessness. With that being said, let's listen at the last few minutes we have here on the second point. The difference again between the flesh and the spirit. Let's go farther than this. You're either walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. You can't do both. The flesh wants you to worship everything but God. But the spirit wants you to worship God alone. Paul set this up in verse 1 in the King James Version. There is therefore now no combination for them which are in Christ Jesus. Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Joel Beacon says this, there are only two categories. Those who live according to man's fallen nature and those who live in, those 
who are indwelt by the Spirit. So in two, you're dwelt by the Spirit or you're living in man's fallen nature. Y'all remember, remember my old boy? Yeah, an old boy from over there on, on the block. Old boy Judas. Y'all remember Judas? Who was Judas? He was one of Jesus' followers, disciples. To be a disciple is a person that learned from somebody. So Judas had to be a, a person that learned from Jesus. One of, the reasons, one of the requirements to be a follower of Jesus is a person that first had to believe in Jesus. Right? So Judas had to profess Christ sometime in his ministry. But it came down, y'all. Everybody look up. It came down to this. Judas said he believed, but what did it come down to? That Judas really didn't believe. It was nothing but words. It was nothing but words. Sometimes it looked like he was converted, but he truly wasn't converted. It showed in the end he was selfish. He showed in the end he wanted everything about himself. When a young lady wanted to anoint Jesus, he was like, hold on, hold on. Hold on, that Burberry, that Prada, that perfume cost too much money. Don't use that. And Jesus rebuked him for it. His heart was about himself. He was selfish the whole time. But we thought he was converted. He was not converted. He was lost the whole time. He is a person that lived in the flesh. He professed Jesus out loud with his mouth, but his life showed differently. Verse 6. For the scented mind of the flesh is death. And what happened to Judas? He died. But the flesh that we're definitely talking about here is just not talking about a physical death, which we see Judas died, but it's also talking about a spiritual death. The flesh wants you this spiritual death, which is no hope. Paul has given us a better glimpse at who is the one that are condemned. It's the one that the flesh. The one that are spiritually dead. The one that will receive death. And let me be clear. Again, this is just not down of our age. This death right here is referring to this spiritual death of the fallen nature of mankind. For those that are not in Christ are spiritually dead. How do we know this? Romans 6, 23. For the ways of sin is death. For those that continually and willfully walk in sin, your reward is death. Your reward is death. One source says this. To set your mind on the flesh means to think continually about the constantly desires the things characteristic of the fallen, sinful human nature. That is, to think just the way the unbelieving world thinks, emphasizing what it thinks, important, pursuing what it pursues, in disregard of God's will. How do you know somebody walking in the flesh? They're pursuing the things that are not God's will. 
Well, well, I believe when I was four years old. I got baptized when I was three. I got baptized when I was 12, 10, 13 years old. I got baptized when I was three. Judas did the same thing. He ended up dead, ended up going to hell. Because his life didn't show repentance. He believed with his mouth, but not with his heart. He believed with his mouth, but not with his heart. If you believe in Jesus, your life changed. Your life looked different from what it used to look. If you can't see no difference and no change in the life, you're saying the work of Jesus by his spirit is not powerful. But the work of Jesus by the spirit is powerful because what it says in John, I mean Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. He created the world. But also he said in Mark, what our brother Joe mentioned earlier, in Mark, when the storm was going crazy, he said, peace be still. My God, when he touches things, things change around him. When Noah, I mean, when, when Noah was faced with this flood, our God lifted his boat above the waters. And it floated 40 days. But not only that, when Moses was faced, faced with Pharaoh's army, faced with a river, our God so powerful, he split the river in half for mankind to walk right through it. When God touches things, things changes. A woman with an issue of blood, right? When she touched Jesus, her blood dried up. When a wedding is out of wine, when our God touches things, wines come. And I continue going on with this. When a man is blind, and when our God touches things, a man that is blind can see. When a paralytic can't walk, when God touches things, the paralytic can walk. So how in the world then, a person that say they believe and their life is not changed after God touches them? If God had touched everything in the past and their life changed, what about ours? Why don't we see repentance in our lives? Because many of those that say they're walking with Jesus, they're actually walking in the flesh. They haven't been touched by Jesus. They are walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. So there's no assurance in Christ, but assurance and death for those that are walking not in the spirit. No assurance in the flesh for those that are doubting their conversion and enjoying and walking in repentance. Your confidence is in the flesh. But it did for those in the spirit. But for those in the spirit, their confidence in the things of the spirit. It brings us up one B. The spirit brings about life and peace. It's different. But to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. For those that have their mind on the spirit is life. This life refers to a spiritual life. 
This points us back to verse 1. How there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. They truly receive life and peace. For those that are God about the spirit, that are in the spirit, they receive life and peace. They're in Christ. They have a new life. Those fruits of the spirit that I mentioned, love, patience, joy, and kindness, those things that are produced, that's what the Christian receives. For those in Christ, remember this. For those in Christ, hear this right now. Romans 3.24 All are justified and made upright and right standing with God freely, graciously by his grace through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. In Christ we are receiving redemption. Romans 6.11 But alive to God living I mean in Christ but alive to God in Christ. For those who are dead that are in Christ. For those that are in Christ, they receive everything from Christ. For those that are in Christ, they're victorious. Second Corinthians 2 14. For those that are in Christ, they're joyful in Philippians too. For those that are in Christ, they receive eternal life from the book of John. For those that are in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed for them, the new has come. For those that are in Christ, they are reconciled to Jesus. For those that are in Christ, they're justified in Jesus. So family, for those that are truly in Christ by the Spirit, their lives look different. And for those that lives look different that are in Christ, there's no condemnation for them. That's what Paul is getting at. Paul is getting at is that look at the people in the flesh, they're heading to condemnation. That should remind you as a believer of the joy of the eternal life we have in Jesus that we get eternal life. Unbelievers point us to Christ. Unbelievers point us of the joy that we have received in Christ. A life before his throne forever. This is a different from being dead. Being dead in your sins is not assurance that we'll be in heaven with Jesus. But being in Christ is assurance that you will be in heaven. So Christian church, Paul wanted to see in Romans 8 of the benefits of being in Christ. That we can have confidence in Jesus. That we don't have to walk around thinking that we, have been, we will be condemned. We don't have to doubt our conversion. We will be in Christ forever. That we can rest assured that we will be redeemed.
Death is not us, but life and peace is our state. Not just in the future, but right now, we get life in Christ. We have Jesus during the bad times, family, and during the good times. There's never a time that we don't have Jesus. He would never cast us out. Everybody look up. Everybody look up. Stop looking around. That we get Jesus forever for those in Christ. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And as we end, let me read Ephesians 2 again. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of powers of the air, the spirit that is now at work of the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passage of our life, flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, seated us up, us with him in heavenly places, Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age we might show the immeasurable riches, his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing, the gift of God, not of works, so that no one will boast. But it tells us here in verse 5 that God made us alive together in Christ. We're alive. And talked about here in the text life and peace. We're alive in Jesus. But for those that are not in Jesus, they're still carnally, they're still spiritually dead. But for those that are in Jesus, they are made alive. And we can walk around smiling every day with joy for what Christ has done for us. So for those that are not joyful, those that are producing the, the, the things of the flesh, I would say come and meet our Jesus. Come to meet my Jesus. Meet my Jesus. He give you that joy. He give you that peace. Come meet my Jesus. You don't want strife anymore. You don't want enmity anymore. You don't want sexual immorality anymore. You don't want anger anymore. You don't want jealousy anymore. Once you take Jesus, all those other things that have been introduced to you doesn't compare. So I say, come today. Taste and see that he is good. Come to Jesus today and take Jesus. Repent and turn from your sins and sin because the believers in Christ, we have Jesus. And that, and that joy that he gives to us tomorrow, yesterday, and today, whatever the case may be, it would not take that joy away. But for those that are not in Jesus, that day is happy, that day is sad, happy, sad. Their life is based upon the flesh because the flesh changes every day, but the spirit does not change. For those that are in Christ, we get Jesus forevermore. We get his spirit every day. And nothing ever changes. Come and taste and see that our God is good. Three applications. If you're trusting in your flesh to give you hope, it won't last. It will act like it would last, but it would not last. It will come to the end. Trust in the spirit, not the flesh. 
Trust in the spirit, not the flesh. Number two, remember that those that are walking in the flesh will be condemned. There is no assurance of salvation for them or for you. Everyone that don't, everyone, everyone that is not going to make it to heaven are those that are living in the flesh. And they wasn't doing the Father's will. They did not believe in the Father. They believed in their flesh. And lastly, number three, I say, evaluate your heart here this morning. How are you before the Lord? Not before the people in church, because everybody can smile right now. Everybody can say it right now. Right now, you know what's in your life right now. You know who you are before the Lord. I mean, before our God, our righteous God. It is truly a life of repentance or a life of unrepentance. Are you living a life of faith or living a life of unfaithfulness? You can't have both. You either sold out for Christ or you sold out for the world. Consider those things here today. Let us pray.